This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Uh, and, uh, no, that's not as good. No. Wait, <laughs> we need something wait. for a cowbell. Oh, hold on. Oh. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to, one of these days I'll have to use Ryan's sample. Yeah, I think so. There you go. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> My name is Rob Minot, and uh, recording here from the anti-gloom Zoom room. Not the Guitar Dungeon. And uh, with me today, Mr. Steve Barkley. Good day, all. Uh, how are you doing, sir? Oh, doing well. Doing well. I actually got out of the house today. I had a customer call and say that their large print system wasn't working. Walked them through. You know, they said he couldn't turn it on. Walked them through checking the plug, checking the two parts of the plug, because it's a two-part plug where the plug from the wall plugs into a box and then the box get, has a cord that plugs into the back of the unit walked him through all that couldn't figure out what was going on got there he was elderly he'd forgotten the power button mm. <laughs> was it was it a, was it a long drive uh well it was you know from burnaby to downtown vancouver so you know that way. that's long enough for a power button yeah, about an hour round trip, I guess. Mm, yeah, that's always, I guess that's got to be generally the first question. Eh? Is it on? And it wasn't. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a delightful day, but at least you got out of the house. I did. I did. Uh, and, you know, uh, you've been you've been having now at, at Canada's Tech, you guys have been doing a um, like a virtual pub night. I noticed uh, last night I, I dropped in for a while. Yeah, uh, that, uh, that seems to be a big hit. Yeah, it's it's been it's been going really well. Uh, it's getting a little raunchy, I think. Uh, oh, people, it, maybe, you know, that's yeah. why people were still in there at ten o'clock. At ten o'clock, they were still there. There were they people. It just sort of wound down. I checked it at ten. No kidding! Wow, yeah. that's the longest one yet. Then because I think the longest one to date was until around nine o'clock. So we we start them at five Pacific, and um, uh, yeah, anybody who's on our uh, mailing list uh gets uh, gets the invite to it so if people are interested get on the canas tech mailing list wow uh well hey listen guess what steve what rob uh we have a guest today no kidding can you believe it we have somebody really? else here with us in the anti-gloom zoom room we lured somebody out of their isolation who would be so crazy as to risk interacting with us virtually <laughs> well, let me tell you, uh, old friend of the show, Sean Marsalay, who is the founder and executive director of Blind Beginnings, as you will. Woohoo! Welcome, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. It's been hard for me not to laugh at all your banter leading up to now. <laughs> Funnily enough, our audience does not have that problem generally, especially <laughs> our last episode was a jokes episode. Oof. Oh, no. Well, really? did you put. Did you put the laugh track in? 
You're supposed you know, to put in a laugh track. I know, but you know, here's the th- here was the funny thing about it. I started putting in laugh tracks behind every joke, mm-hmm. and it was actually they were actually funnier without the laugh track. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, it's been so long since we've had a guest in here. I don't think we've had a guest since uh, this whole COVID thing. Oh wow! Am I the only brave soul? I think you, so. You are. Yep. How exciting! I know. Now, mind you, you're the only one we've invited to, so you know, <laughs> other other people might be brave, but mostly we were just talking about the darn virus and what it was doing to us and all of that stuff. And uh, now we're uh, we're ready to move on. the The jokes episode was me finally putting my foot down and saying, "No, I, I, I just don't want to talk about this anymore." Yeah. So yeah, funnily enough, my first question is, so hi, how about that virus? <laughs> how about that virus? I, I Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! Whether you want to talk about it or not. <laughs> I can't take it no more. Um, no, okay, well, why don't, you know what, let's, because um, we've had you on a couple times before, but let's, um, let's revisit a little bit. Give us a little bit of a snapshot of, of what the organization does. All right, sure. So Blind Beginnings was founded in 2008, so we're 12 years old now. And basically, the whole purpose, goal, mission is to help children and youth who are blind or partially sighted reach their full potential. So we have programs for the kids and the families, the parents, the siblings, uh, ranging from workshops, support groups, summer camps, uh, community discovery outings, youth leadership, pre-employment programs. So quite a wide range of programs and support and uh, working with kids and families all across BC. And you've been really making some waves out there too, because people keep talking about you. That's good. I'm happy to hear that. They use words like wonderful, amazing. Who so uses cool. those words? <laughs> <laughs> the people you'd want to write letters, but don't. Okay, great. Well, that's pretty good, though. So how are you coping in this complete change and shift in what you do? Because obviously you can't have the kids coming into you and you can't be going out to the kids. So how are you, how are you managing? Yeah. So the first two weeks this happened, it was spring break and I have a six-year-old. So I was kind of trying to be a full-time parent and work from home at the same time. And it was not good. Um, and that whole two weeks, I was just like racking my brain for, okay, <clears throat> what can we do now, right? This is all the things that are planned are not going to happen. So how do we move forward? And by the end of that two weeks, I had something for every, almost every day of the week. <laughs> and I decided that they would be offered weekly, each of those programs. And so we kicked off kind of that week that everybody was supposed to go back to school with this whole range of workshops and support groups for kids, youth. We have a 19 plus support group and parents. And yeah, we've been going full, full tilt ever since. So I actually feel almost busier than I was before, except my travel time's way down. So yeah. that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was talking to some uh, uh, teachers of the visually impaired and the same, same feedback pretty much. They've, they've never been busier. It's never been weirder and uh yeah no travel time Mm -hmm. i leave my little office upstairs and i come downstairs and say hi honey i'm home (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the day (laughs) well you're lucky you've got an office because uh i'm i'm i've got my computer in my living room the back end of my living room 
and that's where I've been working for you know the last couple of years. But um, but Jackie's now home, my wife, right, and yes. uh, and uh, she's taken over the dining room table, which is you know ten feet away from me. Uh, and now we have to juggle, you know, who's on the phone, who can be on a podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> who can be in who can be in a Zoom room. Right. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Who's going to complain the most about the American exchange rate? things like that how how is she as an office mate uh she's pretty good uh she talks a lot to herself a lot more than i would have expected and i (laughs) I think i think if i wasn't here a lot of it would be talking about me like that uh, uh, so i'm I'm, I'm deeply suspicious but uh yeah it seems, seems to be working out okay so far that's good so when this all broke out i mean was there a real sense of of panic like did you did you spend a day or two going what the heck are we going to do or was this movement in shift into online just sort of something that that just sort of became apparent right away I sort of knew that I mean we've been trying to go online for quite a while been running an online parent group once a month probably for a year and a half and it's been really poorly attended Um, In October of last year, we started doing uh, creating confidence youth workshops once a month and they were offered people could come in person if they were local and wanted to, but they could also connect online. And for that workshop, actually, a lot of the kids were starting to choose online, even if they were local. So but it was just a real slow burn and it just wasn't really taking off. So in a way, this COVID crisis, like I feel like maybe some people, it, they were so desperate to connect or for some kind of support that they were like, yeah, okay, I'll try this online thing. So we've been able to reach families that have never used our services before, which is really great. Um, and then there were other things, you know, I'm still thinking about summer camp. We don't know whether we'll be able to run it even on a small scale. And like, how do you do a summer camp virtually? I haven't really come up with the solution to that one. Our youth leadership training weekend was scheduled for April 17th to the 19th, and obviously we couldn't go ahead with that. So, you know, we're kind of considering an online version, but of course it's not the same. Like one of the best things of that program is kids get to leave their parents for three days and stay in a hotel and have freedom, right? (laughs) So that doesn't really work online in the same way and, and experience public transit and, you know, order within a budget at the restaurant and like all these life skills that are really hard to teach from remotely. So I don't know. I don't remember if I was panicked. It honestly feels like much longer than it has actually been. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's been half a year since this all started. Um, I think I was just in a state of shock at first and the, the first the biggest challenge for me was just personally, like, how am I going to homeschool my kid and be a parent and work full time and offer all these programs? And I guess, thankfully or not thankful, I don't know. It depends how you look at it. My husband was laid off. So he's oh, no. now mm-hmm. he, he's now the, the full time parent and the homeschool teacher and <laughs> everything, which is great because I can focus on working. So it actually saved, it just made things so much easier for me when I didn't have to balance anymore and I could just fully focus on helping blind beginnings families. And a lot of people are really struggling. A lot of, a lot of families we work with have kids with really complex medical conditions. It's not just vision that they're dealing with and there's no respite now. You can't even get grandma or grandpa to babysit, right? 
and none of the professionals are coming into their homes. So they're not getting the therapies that they're used to getting. And they're worried about delays in development and how is this going to impact their child long-term. And then I've got youth who have um, compromised immune systems who can't even cheat a little bit with, you know, being around anybody that the social distancing is really a quarantine for them. And that's really, really hard. So a lot of people are feeling really even more isolated than usual. Well, you know, on Tuesdays, we have the anti-gloom Zoom room. Send them over. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully people will speak politely in that one. <laughs> well, yeah, don't, don't send them to the virtual pub night. Yeah. I was going to say, is it PG-13 or like, what? well, the, <laughs> what's the, the rating on your events? <laughs> the, the pub night is 19 plus. You got to be able to get into the pub. Okay, good and to we, know. And we check ID at the door. I have been wanting to attend that myself, but I have a 715 online parent group that night, and I feel like I need to show up to that with all my faculties. So, <laughs> what has the reaction been to the to the, to all the new online programs? Was it did you were there high attendance right away? Were people kind of hungry for this? Uh, yeah, I think so. We had. Uh, probably about 30 people respond within the first couple of days that we put the email out with sort of the overview of workshops, which for us is pretty good. Um, it's It's been exciting to see people who never have used, you know, have come to Blind Beginnings before. So we have this 12-year-old in Pooskoopy, BC, which is a place I'd never even heard of, who's pretty much registered for everything, every everything we're doing except the parent programs which he doesn't qualify for so <laughs> he's coming to everything and it, he's obviously super keen and it's just it's awesome to see that we can offer something you know i've got a couple kids from victoria that are calling in and actually my my kids connect on tuesday mornings is like a support group for kids age 7 to 12 which is an age group that you know I don't know, even as a parent, I'm like sending your seven-year-old off to a Zoom room seems a little bit with, with people you don't know, seems a little, you know, I don't know how comfortable I would be with that. But I, right. again, I think people are just really desperate. So in that group, there's, you know, one of the youth is from Penticton, a couple of them are from Victoria, and the other one is the kid from Pooskoopy. So they're all outside Metro Vancouver, and they're able to connect with each other and connect with me for the first time, which is just so great. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I noticed this sitting in the the virtual pub night last night, Steve, um, is that, you know, there's a real hodgepodge of of people. There there are people who are are sighted and there are people who are partially sighted and people who are blind. And, you know, they're all sort of sitting sitting around talking together for hours and of, of wild age ranges. You know, you had seven year olds in there and then you had 30 year olds and. And I don't know, I just felt like normally this would just not happen. Um, and I think the people just across the board are, are sort of embracing this idea of, of the Zoom room or of, of virtually connecting a lot more. And so it's going to be interesting to see once this all plays out, if that sort of is something that remains sort of remains in our in our culture um and we see more of this because i I think there is a real benefit especially for for people who are in remote areas who who generally don't get a chance to to connect socially 
with other people because they're, you know, they're just not well attended. So hopefully like these programs that you're talking about, Sean, you know, hopefully that, that going forward, even past this, this is something that, that can continue sort of building momentum and, and sort of keep going in addition to actually getting together physically at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's been our goal to be more provincial and, and reach families outside of Metro Vancouver for a long time. And this is the first time that I feel like we're actually making some ground there. And I think for our families with those complex, medically complex kids, even if they are local, sometimes it's just too much to try to get their whole family out the door and come to a program. And so, you know, now they can attend baby beginnings from the comfort of their home. And actually the first week we ran it online, I had two families, both with twins. Um, Like, I don't know, it's just so of of the four families that were there, two of them happened to have twins (laughs) that were basically the same age and were able to connect and they had never met before. Right. So, and they're both local families, but they just had not seen each other. So it's really exciting. That's nice to, it's nice to be able to connect people like that and be able to have them share their experience. Yeah, definitely. Especially when most of the time they feel like they're the only one and they feel like no one else's story is anything like theirs. So, yeah. So maybe to spend a little bit of time talking about the actual programs, um, like what are some of the, the, the online programs that you're currently running? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Monday, and don't judge me for my names because some of them weren't brilliant, but uh, <laughs> I didn't have my new communications coordinator yet, so no help <laughs> with this. <laughs> so Meet a Youth Monday, where I'm interviewing a one of our youth leaders who've been in the program for a long time, just having them talk about, you know, I know them all pretty well, so I can ask them questions about things they've done in as volunteers or programs they've attended or if they're really into music or if they're really sporty or you know they've traveled then I'm asking them about those things Um, and so anybody can zoom in and join the interview and then at the end of my questions I open it up to the group and they can ask questions as well and then Tuesdays are our seeing things differently support groups So we've got the Kids Connect for kids 7 to 12, and then we have Teen Time for kids 13 to 18, and then we have our 19-plus group um, for those some of those youth leaders who've been around for a long time who really need some support right now. Wednesday is What Do You Want to Be When You Grow Up Wednesday? And I'm interviewing a working adult who is blind or partially sighted about their job. So we've had... Uh, somebody who works at Dark Table, we've had a massage therapist, we've had a public relations person, and we've had an author so far. So every week it's a different person with a different job, and same thing, I interview them and then the kids can ask their own questions. Um, Thursdays, we're partnering with PRCVI, the Provincial Resource Centre for the Visually Impaired, for accessible story time. This has been super popular. So um, the staff at PRCVI are reading stories to the kids through Zoom. And after each story, we unmute and they can ask questions. But obviously, the stories are all described and, you know, lots of um, concept description as well. So if there's things that the kids don't understand, they can ask questions about that. And then Thursday night is my virtual parents night out, which is an online support group for parents. Uh, And then Friday is Fitness Friday. 
and so we have two classes on Friday mornings. We have a kids sort of beginners class for kids 12 and under, and then the teen and adult class, which is a little bit more advanced. And we have a yoga instructor and fitness instructor, same person, dually certified, who happens to also be visually impaired. So she's leading the class and she's pretty great at describing the, the exercises and stuff. So it's pretty easy to follow along. And then Saturday mornings is baby beginnings, and that's for families with kids five and under, and uh, they connect with each other, and usually with a vision specialist, early intervention specialist from the Vision Loss Rehab BC, so, and myself. So yeah, it's a full week. Fantastic. Oh, wait, there's more. I made notes. Um, <laughs> once a month, <laughs> we're doing, instead of our creating confidence workshop, I decided that they're getting enough workshop stuff through the Monday and Wednesday programs. And um, maybe what, and I know because the kids are telling me through the support groups that what they really miss is seeing their friends. They really miss that social connection. So once a month on a Friday night, we're also doing a creating connections program. So we did our first one last Friday. And some of the youth leader volunteers actually helped to create a Jeopardy game where they made up the categories and they made up all the questions. And then the youth, all, all the kids joined on Friday night and we played Jeopardy and it was actually really fun. Um, so yeah, we're doing that once a month too. And then I'm also just brainstorming, like how can I do outings, community discovery outings virtually? So normally our families would all get together and go to like, a farm or something and, you know, check out the animals and get a ride on the tractor and I don't know, explore the corn maze or whatever. And that would be an outing that we would do. But now if we can't do that, is there a way to do an outing where we're all kind of at home? So I'm working on that. We didn't run one at the end of April, but by the end of May, maybe we will. So I really do have to get creative and think outside the box and yeah, it's, it's challenging. And well, people don't, sorry, people don't necessarily want to be on another Zoom meeting either, right? So it's kind of like, how do you offer something different? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm also thinking things like, why don't we all make Rice Krispie squares together? So here's the ingredients that you need. We're going to tune in at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, and we're going to talk you through, and everybody's going to make their own in their own kitchens, but then at the end, we can eat them together, you know, like stuff like that, where it's a little more hands-on. Yeah. It's just tricky because do people have the ingredients or I don't know, you know, I, yeah, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. And you'd feel bad sending people out for the ingredients these days. Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah. See, and that must be the real challenge behind all this is that, you know, you, it's easy to come up with these ideas, but then the virus and, and the situation just makes everything so complicated that is that kind of one of the hurdles that you've been finding in, in creating new content? Partly that. I think the biggest thing is that people have lost complete track of time. So we have all these awesome programs, but so often people, people will say, oh, I thought it was Wednesday, but it's only Tuesday and I missed yeah. it or <laughs> I lost track of time or I fell asleep or whatever, right? So people aren't... I'm like so scheduled because I have so many of these appointments now that I have to be there, but most of the world isn't one day is blending into the next. So yeah. I don't know if like, if our attendance goes down, is that just because people are done with this now there? It's not, they don't need it anymore. They're bored. Or is it 
like they forgot. <laughs> that's that's why I've been doing the uh, reminders for the pub night and for the uh, the anti gloom room. Um, so I send out the initial stuff early, mm-hmm. um, so that they can you know put it on their calendar if they want to, and uh, and then I do a follow up email the day of, just yeah. to sort of give them a nudge to say hey you know it's, it's today. Yeah, uh, we've been doing it the night before. I wonder if we should do it same day. Cause I yeah, think, I would. Yeah. I think same day is a better way of doing it. Yeah, we should try that. Yeah, and and just you know a little ways in advance of the event, maybe a, a few hours at most. Right. Um, just to you know really remind them. You know, I I, I worry because I've been I've been sending out um, I've been sending out information about those the the, the pub night the the anti gloom Zoom room, uh, but I've also been echoing stuff that I've been running into across the web that other people are doing, you know, like mm-hmm. the national, national uh, Braille press in the States did a, did a poetry uh, yes. reading, I think uh, on Sunday uh, there was a, or when did they do that? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> there was a, a theater group that did uh, a, a midsummer's night's dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to send these things out to our mail list to let people know, Hey, you know, there's these things going on if you want something to do. But now I'm worried that I'm just bombarding people with emails and, you know, maybe, know. maybe yeah. hitting them too much. Yeah. And, and all it takes is that one little annoyance to click on that unsubscribe button. Yes, totally. You can't talk to them anymore. Yeah, so. I feel the same way. It's, it's a balancing act, right? You want people to be informed, but <laughs> not get sick of you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what you could really use to, to really help uh, inform those decisions is some some sort of communications directors <laughs> <laughs> well funny you should mention that because yeah we just we had one start just last week no no kidding <laughs> yeah i think huh. you know him he's he's i was gonna say he's sitting beside you but <laughs> virtually, virtually. yeah yeah <laughs> yes yeah. talking about me fine folks yeah yes. we're very excited to have rob join our blind beginnings team yeah, Rob has left the junior uh, leagues and is now oh, come on. Play, playing, <laughs> playing in the pro leagues. I can't believe I'm being referred to as the pro leagues. That's, wow. <laughs> you know you've arrived when. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, when Barkley says it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, listen, it's been, it's been an honor to join the team. And uh, it's been, uh, it's been a wild ride so far. It's only been, it's week two and... Uh, you know, we last week we had National Volunteer Week. Yeah. And this we week we have in. something that we'll talk about in a minute. Hey everyone, Ryan from Canadian Assistive Technologies here to tell you about a product called WayAround. WayAround consists of a free iOS or Android app or the optional Waylink scanner that connects to your phone via Bluetooth to identify and label items around your home or office. Using the way tags that come in the form of stickers, buttons, magnets and clips, you can label just about anything you can think of, such as clothing items, products in your fridge or freezer, plants in your garden, recipes, and so much more. I've used the way tags to label my Blu-ray movies and my vinyl LP collection. If you'd like to find out more information about the Way Around product, please visit us online at www dot canastech.com that's c-a-n-a-s-s-t-e-c-h dot com or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324 
Thanks for listening. You know, it's it's funny. I feel like once we get on the other side of all this, um, I feel like people are either going to embrace Zoom as a new way of life and, and stuff, or people are just going to, by that time, they're just going to have had it with Zoom, and they're never going to want to enter another Zoom room as long as they live. Hmm. Well, I hope that's not the case. I hope it is. I'm, I'm already kind of thinking about after, but I feel like after is probably quite a ways away still. But maybe the interim after of like, okay, I was a little overzealous with my once a week for 10 programs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, you know, thinking, okay, maybe every two weeks for some of the stuff and every week for a few things. But, um, and then which ones make sense? Like Fitness Fridays, giving people who are blind or partially sighted an opportunity to work out with somebody mm -hmm. who knows how to explain exercises, for example, like who wouldn't, I think that that would be really popular yeah. and has potential to, to keep going. And, um, the accessible story time people are loving as well. So why couldn't we do that every week? And those families who do have kids with multiple challenges can tune in and their kids can enjoy the story and they don't have to leave home. Right. So, I really, I think the families who really need it will continue to use it. And yes, there will be those people that probably never want to sit in front of their computer again, <laughs> never mind a Zoom room. <laughs> and they're just going to want to make those face-to-face -face connections. But have you found that when you, when it comes to creating and implementing some of these programs, is it easier to, to sort of try them online? So is it like a little bit easier to experiment and see kind of what, kind of works or what gets a good response and what doesn't? Uh, I mean, honestly, I feel like I've been trying things for 12 years. So <laughs> whether it's <laughs> online or in person, everything has been a bit of a, let's just give this a try and see if it's well received, see if it works. I do, I do feel like I have less options online. Right. There's just less you can do, right? Um, some topics don't really work. And if you want any kind of hands-on experiential learning, I haven't figured that part out yet. So right. yeah, I don't, it's like, I feel like there's not enough diversity in what we're offering. Maybe, you know, like listening to interviews is interesting, but it's not very interactive. But if I want to do the, the interactive stuff, that's more challenging. So we kind of have to work up to that and plan more, make it more kind of workshoppy. So I don't know. And in the moment, it was just like, okay, I want to make sure that I can launch a bunch of stuff when school goes back or doesn't go back. Um, and that, that's what I came up with, right? So now I'm sort of a few weeks into it thinking, eh, I could probably revise this. I could probably improve that. I could probably do this less often. Maybe I can merge these two programs together. So I think it's going to evolve. Yeah. And it's a, it is totally a, just a trial and error and what's working and what isn't. Well, and I think that that's, that's a process that absolutely everybody's going through. I mean, nobody's really figured it out yet. Um, you know, even, mm -hmm. you know, regular schools, you know, depending yeah. on what school district you're talking about, they're all trying different things and, and approaching this completely differently. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've heard lots of sto different stories um, from different people. So, you know, nobody's really figured it out and nobody really knows how this is all going to play out. So um, everybody's kind of in the same boat. Yep, that's true. Uh, the other thing I find with um, trying to do everything online is that you you don't have reach um, beyond your lists, right? Mm -hmm. um, and 
you can you can ask people to share stuff and they might but it really limits the amount of outreach that you can do yes um it's really really hard to find new people and you know new clients um so that that's the part i'm struggling with is how do we expand outward when we're <laughs> hiding inside a tiny little bubble you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah it's hard for sure yeah I think the pub night was a good idea. I think that's going to bring you <laughs> new people. I feel yeah, like I think, I think it has been growing every week, Steve. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think a lot of people are actually sharing that one around. I, I'd, I'd say that one probably. I, I haven't gone back to look at the uh, the Mailchimp numbers to see you know how how widely spread it's, it's been, but I know a lot of people are inviting their friends from from the community into you know into the pub night. And uh, yeah, some some names that I've never seen before popping up in it, so it's cool. That's great, yeah. But uh, what, and now, tell, talk to me a little bit about the the, the parents uh, support group. Then, it's like, how has that response been for you guys? Yeah, it's been good too. I would say there's usually maybe three or four parents that are connecting for each group, but not necessarily the same three or four parents. So it's interesting the combinations that come together. It's it always kind of blows my mind when. There's three parents that join and I think, uh-oh, are they going to have anything in common? Are they going to connect? And then somehow they do. Like they either live in the same city or their child has the same eye condition or, or their kids are exactly the same age or they're dealing with exactly the same developmental milestone. <laughs> and it's, it's really, I don't know, every time it's kind of magical to watch that happen. But we've had parents from all over the province with a range of different aged kids and they're connecting. So the Thursday night, sometimes it goes on like two and a half hours. They just keep keep talking and I have to be the one to be like, sorry, guys, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then again, on with baby beginnings, it's kind of another opportunity for those parents with younger kids to connect specifically. So they've kind of got that opportunity twice a week. It's been good. Um, you know, if you, if you didn't have another zoom meeting scheduled, you could always assign host duties to one of the parents. And yeah, leave. that's true. I could do that. Yeah. I have thought, you see, this is the weird thing. I don't know how to ask them and I don't know if my ego can take it, but you know, do you guys just want me to not be here <laughs> and you connect without me? You know, I can just check in at the beginning and kind of take attendance and then scoot off. And But if they say yes, I'm probably going to be sad. <laughs> I wouldn't bit. give them the option then. We don't want you sad. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's something even just like I'll stay for an hour and then I'll leave. And actually last week with Baby Beginnings at noon, I could tell there were two parents that wanted to connect. And I'm like, I'm just I just have to go check on my my child. And I left them and I came back half an hour and I half an hour later and they were still talking. So I kind of left again. And then the next time they came back, they had hung up. But, you know, I think they do need that time, too. If you were in person at the office, you could have a little side conversation with somebody. Right. You could exchange contact info. You could. And it's hard to do that in a Zoom room. So trying to allow opportunities. Yeah, that that would be a great feature in a Zoom room to be able to have an aside conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you can do the you can do breakout group rooms, but you know it, it's not it's not spontaneous or it's not yeah 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 you can't you can't 
poke Pick somebody and say, hey, yeah. 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 <laughs> I want to be alone with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, don't do that at the Can-Ass Tech Virtual Pub Night. It's just asking <laughs> for trouble. <laughs> People hooking up. This is crazy. <laughs> now, if I understand correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you have a your your big annual gala scheduled mm-hmm. originally for this month? Yeah, tomorrow. Oh no, really? I yeah. Oh, I I'm having a little sad about that for sure. Yeah, it was supposed to be tomorrow, May second, and um, obviously we we postponed it until November November 9th, I think is the date. But we don't know if you know I I. I don't know. I don't know if we'll be able to to have the gala in November. And we had already received a bunch of donated stuff for for silent auction and our balloons and stuff. Um, But, you know, some of those businesses might not be in business anymore. And some of the, like, the P&E isn't running. So And plus it's November. It'll already be over and Bart on the Beach. And, you know, some of those summer things that we might get passes to, but we won't be able to use even if we, we did get the passes. So we kind of have to evaluate how much stuff we actually will have by November and will people want to come together, even if we're allowed to, uh, will anybody have any money to donate? Right. Yeah. Like I don't feel great about needing to ask people to give um, because I understand everybody's, everybody's struggling. This is impacting everybody so much, but we also can't survive without that funding either. So it's just tough. It's really tough. Well, there there are businesses that are thriving in this. Don't forget, like if if I were you, like I would toilet chase, paper business. I would chase Scott Paper. <laughs> Scott Paper should be giving money away, man. Yeah, that's a good idea. See if they can sponsor our gala. <laughs> Wheat farmers, whoever grinds flour. Yeah. You know, Robin Hood, you know they. Mm. Yeah. And and what's that? Hand sanitizer companies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and the liquor stores. Come on, let's not forget them. Yeah, of <laughs> I think course, they're doing yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, they are so doing okay. I, I was actually up at the liquor store earlier this afternoon, and uh, there was a lineup down the street to, to get into the place because everybody's socially distancing and they're only allowing so many yeah. in at a time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're they're doing a boom in business, no yeah. question. Yeah. See, when once this all is done, um, it's going to be hairdressers and probably intervention counselors are probably mm-hmm. going to be in big demand yeah and nutritionists yeah. like to try yeah, what, to correct people's eating oh my gosh oh and maybe fitness people yes. right yep personal yeah. trainers yeah. and what what doctor type is it that deals with livers oh <laughs> <laughs> that's right. is, that, is that gastroenterologist i can't remember i don't know yeah <laughs> oh dear um, okay, so now there is a rumor going around that uh, this Tuesday there is something special happening. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight on that? Yeah, so See, normally... Steve, that's why I'm being paid the big bucks as a communications director. Did you see that segue? You see how, how well that worked? That see was how I set so her up for that? That, nice. that was smooth as a baby's bum, man. Thank that you. Was... <laughs> yeah, so they are launching Giving Tuesday now as a little sort of subversion of Giving Tuesday that normally happens early December, right after Cyber Monday and Black Friday. 
so Giving Tuesday now is an opportunity for charities to reach out to their supporters and ask for some help. So we will be, of course, um, participating in Giving Tuesday now on Tuesday, and we'll be sending out information about that over the next few days as well, leading up to that. So we do hope that our goal is to raise $2,000 on Giving Tuesday now. And uh, that's really to ensure that we're able to keep going with all of these new programs. So you've, you've got funding provincially now, right? We have a bit of gaming funding. It's, it's made like 10% of our, our income. Oh, okay. So it's not a significant chunk. No, most of our funding comes through grants and some through individual donations and then our gala. So it's, it's a bit of a hodgepodge of, you know, comes from all over the place, but those grants are for specific programs. So we're reaching out to those funders to say, hey, if we can't do camp this summer, are you expecting your money back? Or can we use it for some of these online programs? But, you know, things like travel and accommodations is going to be way down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but we still need to pay our rent and pay our staff and all of those costs that don't go away just because we're not using that office we still have to pay for it right so yeah it's it's just finding that out like and we're applying for more grants all the time and there are there are is some money for sort of the covid crisis but because we don't feed people we're not we're not helping people stay alive in some cases we don't necessarily qualify for some of that relief funding and yeah it, it's just a different need so we are actually applying for funding for more counseling. Um, I am a registered clinical counselor and counseling is a service that we've never had funding for, but have always kind of provided when asked. And I think a lot of people need counseling through this. This is a really difficult time. And so we wanna be able to provide that. So we're hoping that we're gonna get that funding and that will pay for some of these support groups as well. So, but yeah, um, it's well, precarious. Yeah, let, let me know if you get that funding because I'll, I'll call you up and go, Jackie's being mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> My cubicle mate is driving uh, me crazy. <laughs> you're not supposed to do counseling for people you know. I might have to refer you. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, I do have one idea of something that you might be able to do as a project with the kids. It's really stupid and simple, but it, it might actually be kind of fun. Okay. Making sourdough starter. Ah, everybody's on this making bread kick. Yeah, Every, everybody's on this kick. But making sourdough starters is if, if unless you've got the the flakes to to start a sourdough starter, um, the way you do it is you just throw some flour, about half flour, half water, and you mix it up, and then you let it sit, and then what is it a week? I'd have to look it up again. I've I've never done it completely from scratch, but you you throw out like ninety percent of it. And then you add some more flour and water and then you let it sit. And you're basically just waiting for bacteria to get in there and start fermenting the flour. Okay. And, you, and you've got to do it for, I think, about three weeks before you have a viable starter. You've just got to keep every every couple of days or so. Again, I'd have to look it up, but you, you just keep removing the, the majority of it and then mixing in new flour and water. And uh, eventually it'll it'll ferment. And you'll hmm. be able to tell by by the smell and if you can see them the bubbles right um but um but at the end of that you can throw in a bunch more flour and water and a little bit of salt and roll it into a ball and let it rise for a few more hours and 
stick it in the oven and see how you do. Huh. Yeah. Is it really that easy? That sounds very easy. It's, it's, it's not that hard. Um, you know, there's a little bit of kneading involved in it to, to, you know, get it to all come together and there's a lot of sticky hands involved, but, mm -hmm. uh, um, but it's, uh, it's kind of fun. And if it works out, it's quite rewarding. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work out, uh, like most of mine, um, <laughs> it, uh, it can be, uh, bad, you know, I've had, uh, my last two, I had one that was a, uh, curling rock and <laughs> I had one that was mostly a pancake. Oh dear. A very, very, very <laughs> crusty pancake. <laughs> so st still working on it right so, so wait, maybe I, I shouldn't take the recipe from you then <laughs> yeah i wouldn't use my recipe no no <laughs> but wait wait so is it what is this bread yeah hmm. yeah oh, sourdough really? bread i see i knew there was a good reason i didn't like sourdough bread that sounds terrible is that how they make it they let it ferment and rot <laughs> no they let it ferment not rot Okay, well, it's uh, kind of same. Hey, thing. alcohol is fermented, you know. Oh, this is and true. you like well, that, I bet. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You got that's me on that one. That's essentially what sourdough is. It's just bread with alcohol. Okay, hmm. well, now that's better. You're selling it better. <laughs> <laughs> Should do their marketing. Uh, so, Sean, where can people find out more information uh, about Blind Beginnings, and if you know if they want to donate? Um, where would they go? Blindbeginnings.ca, and all the information is there on our website. Uh, but also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. The more followers, the better. <laughs> and, and we also have, I have a Blind Beginnings Facebook group, a closed group for parents of blind kids. So across BC. So that's specifically for BC families. But if anybody wants that, find, you can find me at Sean at Blindbeginnings.ca or through the website. Can people from outside BC access any of these uh, things? Not currently. Um, we have had a few people reach out for the Fitness Fridays, for example, and Accessible Storytime from the States. And we kind of made the call that it's just for BC families because our funders are sort of funding a you know, BC charity. So we have to be a little careful about that. Who knows in the future? But at this point, yeah, it is specifically for BC families. Good to know. Sorry to the rest of the country. Rest of, rest of the world. Rest of the world. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't. Yes, of course, your your listenership, if that's a word, is, is global now, right? That's Wait, right. There, there, there's at least one person somewhere outside of the U.S. and Canada. <laughs> that so makes it global, then. We're You're not, good. We're not, we're not sure who they are, but we're, we're pretty sure they're out there somewhere. <laughs> that's great. There's someone from Botswana going, damn it. <laughs> They're on to me. <laughs> well, listen, Sean, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us, being our first guest uh, in the, in the anti-gloom Zoom room. Our, Thank our you new, for having me. Our new hangout for yeah, no, the foreseeable future. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, all right. Well, hey, Steve. Yeah, Rob. Uh, where can people find us? Well, they can find me at my place, you at your place, Sean at her place. That's pretty much it, I think. Just stay the hell away. <laughs> but where? But what about online, Steve? Oh, online. Oh, we're all over the place online. Let's see. There's uh, there's the uh, Facebook group. There's the Instagram group. There's the Twitter group. Oh, you can go to atbanter.com. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. That's yeah. right. And they can even drop us an email if they so desire. 
cowbell bing at atbanter.com brian's still got my cowbell it's Oh, you gotta, need that. It's gotta, the same without yeah, it. I think I'm going to have to order another cowbell just because I, I I feel bad taking Ryan's cowbell away from him. Now. That's true. Mm-hmm. He would be crushed. Yes. And true. we've got we've got our anniversary show coming up in a couple of weeks. So he's <gasps> going to be needing it because he'll be actually back. So that's right. I think it's two weeks. How many years anniversary is it? Wow. Is it four or five? Uh, I think it's four. Pretty sure it's four. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised too. Uh, All right. Well, that is going to about do it for us this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you again, Sean, for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.